0: Abel, please rise. Hear the call to worship from Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. The myriads of angels. All the company of heaven and the church on earth, let us worship the Lord. Brothers and sisters, where do we find our help? Our help
1: is in the name of the Lord, the maker
0: of heaven and earth. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen. Let us now sing together. Uh, hymn seventy one stands as one and two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Together with the Church of all ages and all places in the world, profess our Catholic and undoubted faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed as we sing them in Hymn 1. Let us together pray the prayer which Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our
1: debtors. Lead us not into
0: temptation deliver us from the
1: evil one. yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
0: Now open God's holy word. Let's read together from Matthew chapter 18. If you'd like to have a pew Bible, you can see it's on page 695. We read this passage in connection with The sermon today which deals with the petition of the Lord's Prayer to forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me, up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison till he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. When the master called the servant in, You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Let's now sing about the forgiveness of sins in Psalm 51, stanzas 3 and 4. Gracious and almighty God and Father, we thank and we praise you that we may be together this afternoon, worshiping you, that we may know your grace, your mercy toward us. We thank you that we can see evidence of your work in our lives, that we desire to be here, that we desire to glorify Your name. And Lord, we recognize that this isn't something that is within us, our own strength, that it is Your work in our lives, Your grace, Your mercy. We may celebrate how your, the work of the Spirit changes our lives. We thank You, Father, that we may Speak to you, as our Father. That we may speak to you, knowing that we are your children, because of the work of Jesus Christ. We pray that His name may be glorified and honored. That you will illumine our hearts and our minds as we hear Your Word preached. Work powerfully in our hearts and our minds by Your Word and Spirit that we may more and more understand who we are in Jesus Christ and celebrate your work in our lives and live before you with thanksgiving. We ask, Father, that you will hear us in Jesus' name. Amen. This afternoon I, I preach to you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed in the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 51, in which the church makes her confession about what the Lord Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. It's called the Fifth Petition. You can find Lord's Day 51 on page 557 in the Book of Praise. What is the Fifth Petition? Forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors, that is, for the sake of Christ's blood, do not impute to us, wretched sinners, any of our transgressions, nor the evil which still clings to us, as we also find this evidence of your grace in us, that we are fully determined, wholeheartedly, to forgive our neighbor. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we know how it goes in a Reformed worship service. We come together in morning service. We hear the Ten Words of the Covenant. We're encouraged to think about our lives, to compare our lives with these commandments. And we also make a confession of our sins. We recognize who we are right at the beginning of the Lord's Day That we can also understand what it means to be Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. With that confession of sins is the beautiful teaching of Scripture that there is forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins is one of the great promises for the Christian. When the Catechism summarizes what are the promises of the Gospel, it says two things the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, life everlasting. And so we, we realize and we need to understand how important this doctrine of the forgiveness of sins is for every part of our lives. And so the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray for the forgiveness of sins. We sang that in Him or Psalm 51. Already in the Old Testament, David knew to confess his sins. The Lord Jesus says, My people, continue to ask for the forgiveness of your sins. It's a part of our regular prayer life. We see that knowing of Christ's work on our behalf, believing in that gracious work, the Holy Spirit changes us more and more so that we can also show forgiveness to others. I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme. We pray that we may live in forgiveness. We'll see that we're forgiven by God and we're forgiving others. Now I think all of you children here, all the families, couples, and those who don't have families in the home anymore, children in the home, we, we sit down at the table together and we still pray together with those with our loved ones. Somewhere in this prayer, it's very common that we, we say the words, please forgive my sins. You say that, right children, you learn that in school as well. You ask God, please forgive my sins. Now, what does that mean? What are you asking when you say, Lord, please forgive my sins? You realize the depth of God's amazing grace that you may say these words and expect Him to hear your prayer. Basically, when we say those words, we are coming to, to the mighty Creator of heaven and earth, Holy, Holy, Holy God. We're coming as a, a little creature that He made, like a speck on this globe in, in the universe. And your history with Creator God is not very good. You've been fighting against Him since you were born. Every day you doubt Him. You rebel against Him. You hurt His name. You lie about Him. You give Him the cold shoulder. You hold grudges against Him. You show unkindness to His beloved children. And then when it comes to supper time, you sit at the table and say, please forgive me. How can you do that? The catechism, we confess, the catechism says that we ask for the forgiveness of sins for the sake of Christ's blood. For the sake of... Christ's blood. That means that we're not asking because of anything we've done. We're not asking, Lord, I've done some good things for You. Now, You do something for me. We realize who we are. Forgiveness of sins is based only on Christ's blood. If we don't understand the forgiveness of sins, what, if we don't understand our sins, we cannot understand the work of of Jesus Christ. Sometimes in the work that we are doing in Brazil, we come to churches that are, are coming to the faith. They're learning what it means to be reformed. What it means to be biblical. And they're, one of the things that changes is their worship services. And they start speaking about grace. About grace and how Jesus does Everything. But we've noticed that they haven't really understood it. They haven't got it until they've learned to confess their sins. We cannot understand grace if we don't understand our sins. We cannot understand Christ's blood if we don't understand who we are. And when we use the word blood, we're repeating what Scripture says. Scripture draws our attention to the fact that Jesus Christ was here in His body. He died blood, just like it's the blood running in our veins, sometimes we we hurt ourselves, some blood comes out, the blood of Christ points to his death on the cross, when we say, Lord forgive us our sins, we need to think of the Son of God, Lord Jesus Christ, who, who died on a cross, and so when we say, Lord, please forgive us our sins, that doesn't mean, Lord, Forget about what I did today. Ignore these things. Let's try start anew. Sometimes we're very casual about how we pray for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's just forget about it and continue on. God does not forget about it. We don't ask God to ignore our sins. We say, God, look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so once again, that cross of Jesus Christ is central in our lives, in our minds. We pray, thinking of the cross of Jesus Christ. And then we realize that the cost of righteousness, the cost of being able to say those words at the dinner table, is very, very high. Cost, death, the Son of God on the cross. undeserved mercy. It took God Himself looking at His Son and rejecting Him, cursing Him. makes us think when we sit at the supper table praying, Lord, forgive us our sins. And that work of Jesus Christ was effective. It was real. It brought real results. The Christian faith, Christian religion isn't about pretending things. It's not about going to church. It's about being wicked, undeserving sinners and having Christ as one who paid for those sins. We are here because we're joyful. We've been washed clean How many times do we need to hear that in our lives? We live with guilt. We always try to do a little more, we make bargains, sometimes with God. and we live with this, this burden. We confess our sins, and, and when we pray just in a superficial level, then we keep living with that guilt. and we keep living with that desire to try to do more. So we pray this prayer from our hearts. And we don't look to ourselves, but we look to Christ. We look to His blood. To His sacrifice. And we ask God, that sacrifice is a part of it. We want that sacrifice to be ours. We believe that it's real. We believe that He paid. And when we believe that, it's a joyful thing. It doesn't depend on us. Christ's blood. The Catechism speaks about not imputing to us wretched sinners any of our transgressions or the evil which still clings to us. You see, two Types of sin. Two types of problems that we are talking about. We have transgressions. It's like missing the mark. Leaving your lane in, in traffic. When we transgress God's law, that means we, we turn from it to go our own way. The results are as deadly as swerving your car into oncoming traffic. And we confess in the second way that there is an evil that still clings to us. Something that's right in our hearts, that always is with us, that inclination to hate God and to hate our neighbor. It's called by Paul the sinful nature. And every day we pray this petition. Lord, please forgive us our sins. We're thinking of not only what we have done, but who we are by nature. We're thinking of those things that we desire in our hearts, even though we may control ourselves. We're thinking of how we are before God, the holy God. And we can't go back into time. We cannot change the things that we have done against God. They they stick with us. It happened. Sins are like then like leeches, they're like rust that affects our our very being and our understanding. We are poor, empty sinners, like we confess in the catechism, wretched sinners that we are. We ask God, don't count any of these things against us. When I spoke those unkind words to my wife and to my husband, Words that hurt. I can't take them back. They were said. They hurt. I said, don't count that against me. What? Because of the blood of Christ. The idea of this this payment. We ask that God will not use those very things we did, I said, I said, I did to others. Don't use that against me on Judgment Day. When you look at me, we ask, don't make me pay for what I did. Though my sins are red as scarlet, make me white as snow. And then God answers that prayer. In fact, He answers it before we even ask. We ask because He answered. In one place, He says that He separates these sins from us as far as the east is from the west. We, we say that often after we celebrate Lord's Supper from Psalm 103. In another place, He says, I will remember your sins no more. That means He will not hold those sins against us, count those sins against us on the judgment day. And so the the Gospel of Jesus Christ shines into our lives and every one of us is struggling each day with these sins and we're asking the Lord to forgive them and God says they are forgiven in Christ Jesus. You are washed in His blood. Those real things you did and said are paid for. It cannot hinder your relationship to the Most Holy God. It's amazing that we can sit at the supper table and pray these things. We could do it every day. We can do it at the breakfast table every, every time, many times during the day. And we can lift up our eyes and we can look at the Most Holy God against whom we have sinned. And we can say, but Christ paid for my sins. And then we, we say these words, brothers and sisters, we need to say them understanding how incredible it is. It's like the man in the parable, Matthew 18. He was forgiven an insurmountable debt. the gospel of grace that our sins are forgiven. We live as forgiven people. Sinners made righteous in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need to enjoy, we need to celebrate this gospel. Sometimes a... A sign of piety is the ability to to understand in how many ways we sin against God. In the history of the church it was common to make lists, careful lists, careful analysis, of how you lived, what you said that day, the thoughts you had. It's a helpful way to, to realise who we are. Sometimes we completely forget about that. But on the other hand, we can stay in the wrong spot. We can forget about the Gospel because of our sins. And so we need to again repeat what the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our sins in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he does. And we can think of the day of judgment, the new heavens and the new earth. We can think of who would be there. Sinners of every kind, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe we'll be surprised you're here. After all you did. Maybe someone will be surprised that you're there. But that blood of Christ takes away, washes us clean from all our transgressions and the evil which still clings to us. It's a glorious Gospel. It changes our whole life, our whole perspective. In fact, we can see evidence of this grace shown to us in the way that we treat others. When we live in forgiveness, we forgive others. It's assumed in the catechism, that's the second point here, but it's assumed in the catechism that the person praying is a Christian who believes in the work of Jesus Christ. Because only Christians can confess that they have evidence of God's grace in their lives. We confess that Jesus Christ renews us by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwells within our hearts. And as He dwells within our hearts, He is working on our hearts. He is softening our will. He is changing us. God's grace is then evident in our lives. You could see it. Paul calls it the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when we pray, forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It's interesting that the Lord Jesus say, doesn't say, Lord, help us to be more forgiving. We pray that God's grace may be evident to us just as it is evident in us. That we are fully determined, wholeheartedly to forgive our neighbor. And then we see that our, the, the way of how we treat others depends on our understanding of how God has treated us. That's the explanation of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 18. He says there's a, a logical connection Those who live in God's forgiveness, who understand that first point, the blood of Christ that takes away all our sins, they will be truly grateful for all that God has done. They will also forgive others. So we can look at our lives, we could say, do I understand? what Jesus Christ has done for me. We can look at how we treat others. That's what Paul teaches us in Ephesians 4, verse 32. The Holy Spirit says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And again, in Colossians 3, verse 13, we read, Bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's a result of forgiveness. Those are strong and cutting words. Who here hasn't held a grudge against someone who here hasn't tried to make somebody pay a little bit for something they did to you. Well, we realize that it's not within us to have the strength to forgive. In fact, the moment we look away from Christ in our lives and we try to do it according to the way we think, makes sense. Then we return to those cycles of holding a grudge, getting people back. We just think of what others have done to us. One book says it's like drinking the poison of unforgiveness, hoping that others will die. Because we forget. Because we pray, Lord, forgive my sins, but we don't know what we're really thinking or saying. Often the the concerns of this life, our own pride, get so much attention that our eyes go down and they're off of Christ and His blood. That's why we need to be together. We need to study together. We need to pray together. We need to hear the preaching of the Word. Because when we come back together and we hear the Gospel of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Christ died for your sins. There is grace to you. Where is your grace? The Lord Jesus' parable draws that to our attention. It seems so obvious. And yet we have to pray it every day. It's just the beginning. We just have a beginning. But do you know what? The most difficult case in your life, and I know when you're in high school. Sometimes people can do mean things to you. You're in elementary school. Your workplace. People do things that you just can't imagine. How could they do that? What were they... Do they hate me? I'm never going to talk to them again, we think. And then we look to what Jesus Christ did for us. And the most difficult case imaginable for you to forgive pales in comparison to the grace that Jesus Christ showed to you. And when we are put in a position where it's necessary to forgive, then we have to go beyond what we feel like doing. Then we get a beginning. We, get, we begin to understand a little bit more the grace shown to us in Christ Jesus. We get a sense of the grace of God to us when we are faced with the same calling let His grace shine in us, through us. So the Catechism simply outlines what it looks like when we see God's grace in our lives. It says that we are fully determined, wholeheartedly, to forgive our neighbor. Forgive our neighbor like God has forgiven us. That does not mean ignore what has happened. It doesn't mean we we forget. It means that we understand that Jesus Christ pays for sins so that we can have peace with one another. It's a desire to forgive. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes somebody done something against you and then they died before you could come to a point of reconciliation. Or perhaps the other person is is not a Christian and, and just refuses to come to a point of reconciliation. They'd rather have these walls separating them from you. And the catechism says, never mind, that doesn't change what your heart should look like. Some people sometimes make it conditional, I'd like, I will forgive if, if the other person shows appropriate signs of goodness. The catechism says, look to Christ and let Christ's work change your heart. So that you desire to forgive. To have reconciliation. To have restoration in your relationships. So we see that forgiveness is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why we're so saddened. And in the church, there's conflict. And in our schools, between Christians, there's, there's conflict. An unwillingness to forgive. It's so sad to see our forgetfulness. The Lord Jesus is more gracious than we are its grace even shines in the in the situations of conflict and when we stop and when we pray and when we thank god for the forgiveness of sins then that enters our lives Brothers and sisters, when we pray this petition around the table, before you go to bed, school, for a meeting, let us pray it with great rejoicing. It's one of the, the gifts that God has given to us. We live in God's grace alone. Not one of us deserves to hear what we hear from the pulpit every Sunday. Sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. When we leave this place, transformed by the Holy Spirit, we can look at people in a different way. Fellow sinners beside us. The same struggle, but also in the same Lord. Pray this Petition every day with confidence, so that you may live every day with joy. Amen. Now sing this petition as it's put to music in hymn 63, stanza 6. Please stand if you're able. now has an opportunity to show your thanksgiving to the Lord for the glorious gospel, salvation, grace in Jesus Christ with your financial offerings. And after the offering, we'll sing together Psalm 65, stanzas 1 and 2. together in prayer. Gracious God and Father, we praise You, O Lord. We praise You for the Gospel of salvation. We praise You for the revelation of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ that we read in Scriptures. We thank You, Lord, that we may Hear the marvelous declaration that although we have sinned against You in our thoughts and our words and our actions, that we keep returning to these sins, that after the fall into sin, we have a sinful nature, that we can also see, O Lord, Your work in our life. Lord it is an amazing marvelous work for as we have been forgiven in Christ we are beginning to desire to forgive others Lord we pray that we may continue to understand and what we have respond to the glory of your name we ask lord that as a church we may be faithful to one another. We pray that we may be faithful in our community, that the gospel of salvation may shine out from us, that as people speak to us in different situations, in different places, they may right away see that we are different, that we have peace, because we have peace with you in Jesus Christ. We pray that you will bless the office bearers of this congregation. That they may faithfully lead and guide us in the way of truth, life. Pray for the deacons in their work and the offering we just could bring. We pray, Lord, that it may serve the furtherance of your kingdom. We pray for the elders, as well as they are busy doing the visits in the families, helping to strengthen, encourage the, the flock in this place. We pray for Reverend Lauder, that you will give him all that he needs to bless him, his family, at these challenging times, difficult times, continue to grant the family peace and your promises. Lord, we thank you that we may live each day celebrating your grace and your mercy. We ask, Father, that you will be with the government of our country also the municipal, provincial governments. Lord, we pray that you will be with all those in these positions of authority. And we ask, Lord, that we can have a continued freedom to worship you, to celebrate together all that we have in Jesus Christ to praise you. We ask, Father, that all the interaction we have with the government in different levels, whether it be letters that we right to local government officials or through political action parties. We pray, Father, that your name may be lifted up. We pray that these these efforts may have positive results for the good of this country. We ask, Father, that you will also bless the efforts of local evangelization, that you will Bless the different committees and the different the members involved with the different projects, that this too, Lord, may glorify your name. We pray, Father, that you will be with each one of us in in our families at home as well. That you will bless the the fathers. They may be strong leaders in their homes and also in this church community. We pray that you will bless them as they work together with their their wives to lead and guide their families. We ask, Father, that you will bless the, the education of our children, that they may be brought up in an atmosphere of celebration and joy, an atmosphere of forgiveness, that they may also live with the hope of eternal life before them. And that, O oh Lord, in this way, also your, your church may be strengthened in this place and in other places in the world. We ask, Father, that as we go from here, we may go with great joy. We may go with our hearts and our minds focused on our risen Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, who conquered death, and sin, and Satan. He rose from the dead who is reigning right now for all eternity. We pray Lord that you will hear us in his name. Amen. Let's now rise and sing together psalm 84 stanzas 5 and 6. blessing of the Lord, and depart in peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.